Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Let's get into the message this morning. Our main text is in 1 Thessalonians. The Apostle Paul is writing here. And it says, be cheerful no matter what. Now, if you've been here for the last three weeks, we've been in this new series. And we've been talking about this idea of thankfulness. This idea of being thankful. And, and the title is, Thank God No Matter What? With the question mark. Because there's times where I think we struggle to find something to be thankful for. Especially if we're in really hard seasons of our life. Without a show of hands, how many have just had those seasons where you're like, when will this end? When will this be over? And so we struggle with that at times. But the Apostle Paul wants to remind us to be cheerful no matter what. And then he says this, pray all the time. In other words, have constant communication with your Heavenly Father. He cares about you. He, he cares about what you're going through. And, and despite the fact of how you feel, and there's times where I felt like, God, have you abandoned me? Where are you? He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's always there. It's a matter of me awakening to his presence that's always there and saying, thank God you're with me in this situation. He goes on to say this. Thank God no matter what happens. And I'm going to reiterate this because I've said it the past two weeks, and I'll say it today, is we aren't thanking God for calamity. Because some people, unfortunately, have this false idea, this bad theology that God does stuff to teach us lessons, that God brings adversity our way. Now, like any loving father, I believe that discipline is important, and, and our father does discipline us. Now, that could be a thing. Pete said this morning about a good, good father. Maybe you didn't have a good father figure, and so you're like, ooh, the word discipline just sets you off. But you know, discipline isn't punishment for your past. It's training you for your future. And so this is how the Heavenly Father deals with us. It's out of love. He nurtures us. He admonishes us. He disciplines us in such a way that we see that better version of ourselves that's always been there, but he's awakening us to that saying, look it, this is who you truly are. And when you discover that, guess what you do? You walk that out. And so it's important that we see that. So we're thanking God no matter what happens, what adversity, calamity, what comes our way, we're saying, God, I'm going to thank you for the things that you have done, not the things that others or the world or the enemy has done to me. I will thank you through this adversity. But look what he says. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. And I love that he says this because it's showing us something, that it's a lifestyle. Thankfulness is a way that we live. So again, just like the previous two weeks, I want to remind us of the good things in life that God has done and why we should always be thankful. Sometimes you might have to dig really hard to find something to be thankful for, but there's got to be something we can be thankful for. Thank God no matter what. So last week we talked about the importance of community and participating in these relationships that are available within this local community. And I think that's important. You know, it's really cool. Afterward, we were just hanging out in the hallway, and I love the hustle and bustle that happens afterward. That's exciting to me, just talking to y'all. Am I from Texas now? What just happened? It's more holy if it's Texan. God's bigger in Texas. No, I'm just kidding. Where were we? So last weekend... People are coming out and we're talking and stuff. And it was cool because I saw people who normally maybe didn't talk with each other exchanging numbers and saying, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to start building some relationships in community. And I think that's so key. 
Sometimes it's easy to just come into a building and just go out as quick as you can because maybe it's tough for you to start relationships. Maybe you don't feel comfortable talking with people. I remember when the church first joined the chamber, we were actually members of the chamber when I first became the pastor. And I went, oh, so what do we do with this chamber thing? They had these different events and these uh, networkings you could go to. And so I started going to them, but I remember I'd stand in the corner and go, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to do. So we've all been there. The best thing to do is step out. Let me say this. If you're a veteran here, and you know like every room and door and hallway, like the back of your hand, maybe it's up to you sometimes to step in when you see people who look a little standoffish, who don't quite know. Now, it doesn't mean we just, hey, I just want to love on you. Well, maybe they don't want you to love on them right about then. But take time. Notice people who maybe feel like they're on the outside and welcome them in. And that's the beauty about Faith City Church. If I weren't the pastor here, I would still be going here. Because I love the warmth and the love and the grace that we show the community. It's awesome. And it's not that we're haughty or or proud about it. It's just, it's the way it is. Do you sense that when you walk in these doors? People really care about you. And this can be the family that maybe some of you never had. And so we, we talked about this idea of community and the importance of it. As I was going over my notes, I thought about this verse in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God said something. He says, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, if you're not familiar with the Hebrew creation story, there was this man, Adam, and he was alone, as God said, and God created a helpmate for him who was who? Eve. But what we see in here is, even though this might not be written to us, it's written for us, we can glean something from this. God is saying it is not good for man to be alone. Now, this word alone in the Hebrew is the word bad. B-A-D in Hebrew. Now, not in English, right? But I thought about it. I was like, wow, what a coincidence that being alone can many times be bad. Now, the actual, uh, this root word bad from the Hebrew, it has this idea in this definition of being separated. So what God's saying is, it's not good for man to be separated. It's not good for us to live a life of separation. Do Do you feel this? See, it's okay to have alone time. My personality, if you're not familiar with the personalities, I'm very melancholy. And so I like time away, time alone. I need to breathe. I don't like huge crowds. I can go to the mall for about that long with my wife and I start freaking out like inside my skin, right? I love to have alone time. But there's a difference between having alone time and being completely separated. And some of us, we've done that. I mean, just, man, the hardness of life relationships, being beat down, uh, toxic people. It's pushed us into a place where we'd rather have separation than relationship. But man, there's so much at stake when it comes to relationships. It's important. We need each other. We can't do life alone. And I think many times we forget that true fulfillment comes when we are helping others. Well, how many know this? You can't help someone if you're not around them. And so it's important that we participate in this thing called community. But I want to look at this idea today in this thank God no matter what. I am thankful for good friendships. Say that with me. I am thankful for good friendships. Let's try to say that together. I am thankful for good friendships. You know, some of us are probably struggling even with that statement. Like, I don't know if I've ever really had a good friend. Or I had good friends, but I've also had bad friends. 
But friendships are important. So I want to use that community that we spoke about last week really as a springboard to talk about this idea of friendships. You know, I came clean about something the Brancics have struggled with for a long time last year. And uh, for if it's your first time or you're new, I just want to come clean and be transparent. I believe in transparency. And we have this struggle. Uh, When we go to the movies, we'll buy our tickets, we'll buy popcorn and pop, but we usually take our own candy. (laughs) Now, another word for take could be sneak. So we sneak in. Listen, I drop 80 bucks just on tickets and popcorn, folks, okay? So I feel justified somehow in bringing my own candy. Plus, they don't have the peanut butter M&Ms that I like. Right, right? Go with me, Bruce. Give me an amen. All right. Holy Spirit speaking. I'm just kidding. That wasn't the Holy Spirit. So we walk into the theater one day, and we had just, you know, got all our candy together. And my youngest, Aiden, uh, he's there. And we walk up to get the tickets, and so the young guy's behind the counter. We're getting our tickets. We get our popcorn, and we get our pop. And uh, he goes, you guys want anything else? And Aiden says, no, we got our Mike and Ikes. We're good. And then Ethan, kind of freaking out, he's like, shh, shh, I'm like, well, that's not making you look more guilty. I'm just, roll with it, man. Like, yeah, Mike and Ikes. Like, yeah, last week or something, right? Well, this last week, we took Aiden and our grandson Oakley to the movie with us. And we did what we normally do is we snuck in our candy. And so we gave them both these pouches of Sour Patch Kids, these little packs of Sour Patch Kids. And, you know, Aiden is, again, not familiar with personalities. There's, it's called sanguine. And it's hard for them to keep things to themselves. They just have to say what's going on. So here we are. We're standing at the counter. We're getting our tickets. We get our popcorn. We get our drinks. And I look over. Kristen actually looks over. She goes, look at Aiden. And he has his pack open. He's leaning on the counter, he's going. (laughs) And I'm like, the guy didn't say anything. I'm like, whatever, man. You know, he's like, they're already spending 80 bucks. Why would I try to, you know, charge him for the the extra candy? But I just thought it was so funny. But that's the thing with, with Aiden, with that personality, you can't tell him a surprise because he will end up telling everybody what the surprise is. My best friend. Peter Heist, he's gotten so good at not telling everything, but he is very, very sanguine. I think as you grow, you mature and go, oh, okay, I'm going to zip my lip on this. I'm just going to forget it. Why did you tell me? You know, because it's like inside you're like, you got to say something, you got to say something. But, but I think I can learn a lesson and we can learn a lesson from this. And, and it's, it's that we have to be careful of our friendships, But we have to be careful sometimes of who we surround ourselves with, who we take on as friends. Now, listen, last week we talked about this whole idea that it's not an us and them mentality. Jesus came to destroy that that wall of partition. There's no borders. There's no walls. There's no segregation. There's no racism. The kingdom is a place where everyone is welcome. Right? But for our soul, emotionally, for our health... We have to be careful sometimes who we allow into our life. What I mean by that is there's different levels of friendship. You follow me so far? This isn't about us and them. It's about personal soul health, which is very important. You know, a lot of times we we talk about, you know, reading the Bible and praying and going to church. We're like, yeah, yeah, I just want to grow spiritually. But the truth is you need to grow soulfully because your spirit is one with Christ. Guess what? Christ don't got to grow up anymore. 
You are with him. You are in him. He is in you. Done deal. But we have this thing called the soul, the mind, the will, and emotions. And it's, it's this growth. It's this maturity that we have to come to within our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. And sometimes there's people in our life who are toxic. So let me say this. Boundaries are important. But so is forgiveness. I found that you can draw a boundary around your life to certain people. Listen, if you've been in a relationship and you've been abused physically, emotionally, someone isn't treating you right, draw boundaries. But forgive. Because some people put up walls of bitterness. Difference between that and boundaries, forgiving, letting go, and then moving on and finding better relationships. Does that make sense? So the level of relationship or friendships that we have is so very important. And so I want to talk about that today because every decision we make affects others for good or for the bad. And it goes both ways. Amen. Who we surround ourselves with, who we trust with our struggles, who we tell our dreams and our goals to is significant. It's important to have others because we can't do life alone. And the place that they take or hold in our lives, I should say, is very essential and it's key. And so I want to talk about that today. You know, relationships are, are interesting. Uh, some years ago, I saw this. Um, I don't know if it was on Google or what it was, but they were talking about bees. And they said that bees, through pollination, provide about 25%, up to a quarter of the world's food supply. Isn't that crazy? Then they say this. Within four years, if bees no longer existed, if we didn't have a relationship with them, within four years, the supply would be gone. Now, that's an important relationship. Say, thank God for bees. Somewhere, nope, they're reaching for their EpiPen right now. I get it. Some are allergic. But my point is that relationship that we have with bees to the earth and the food supply is so very important. And so I believe that the friendships we have and understanding these different levels of friendship is so very important to us because it helps us to grow to be better versions of ourselves. Friendships are an important part of our lives, which is why the understanding of the different levels of how these relationships affect our lives is essential. I love what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, Paul's not putting anybody down. He's just saying, which is true. How many of experiences that who you hang with, who you walk life with, you start to become like. You start to talk like, you start to think like, you start to be like. And so it's important that we see that bad company can corrupt good morals. Who we choose to have relationship really matters. This doesn't mean that we have, again, this us and them mentality. I want us to really understand that there's, there's no one that's better than anyone else. But I'm saying for you, you have to decide who will I allow close into my life and who will be on the other side of the boundary. Does that make sense? You can still love people. You can still be close to people. You can still care about people, but you have to know where those boundaries are. Bishop Jamie Englehart, man, love that brother. He's been such a great mentor to me in the last year and a half. And he said something to me. Uh, about a year ago, I was just, I was struggling with some things, you know, in my heart because I had some relationships that just had gone bad. They had gone sour. And it wasn't that the person was trying to do this on purpose, but I just really was, uh, man, I don't know how to say it. I was dealing with maybe anger, um, 
uh, just, I don't know, feeling betrayed, but it wasn't on purpose. Like this person wasn't doing this on purpose. So I struggle with it. And uh, I remember talking to him about it. He says, listen, one of the best things that you can learn in life is this, have calloused hands and a soft heart. I'm like, okay, can you break that down, Jamie? Because whenever he preaches, you're like, what, where's this guy going, right? Because it's deep. What he's saying is, listen, calloused hands are good because hands can reach out. They can embrace anybody and everybody. But your heart is a special place. You need to protect it. Not everybody gets your heart. And I heard that and I went, okay. Because if you ask most pastors, we believe the responsible thing, the right thing to do is just give everybody your heart. Everybody gets your heart. But here's the problem with that. Hurt people hurt people. And I like when one guy says, people are people. And what happens is if you get hurt enough in your heart, your heart becomes calloused. Then you can't minister to anybody. I thought, what wisdom? Everybody gets our hand. I'm not saying a handout. I'm saying everyone gets our hand. We can embrace, we can love, we can accept people right where they are. But there's only a special, maybe one person in your entire life, maybe two, three, I don't know what that number is, who actually get full access to your heart. And we need to be careful who you give our heart to. Does that make sense? And I thought, what wisdom? I think when we live like this way, then we can actually truly say, I am thankful for good friendships. So let's talk a few minutes about this idea of friendship. And there's really four levels we're going to look at today. And this is very practical, but how many believe that God is a practical person? He gets us. He understands us. And I think sometimes if we're not careful in church, we can make everything so spiritual up here that we forget about our soul right here. And look at Jesus ministered to the souls of people. He ministered to the the physical bodies of people. He understood what they went through. He lived as we lived. He felt what we felt. I mean, think about the feelings he had when he was going to the cross. I mean, the the feeling was just, just, he was, he was vexed. He was in pain. He didn't even, he's like, I don't even want to go through this physical pain, but he says, not my will, but yours. He had to make a decision there. So he gets pain. He, he understands that. And he's come to not just heal us spiritually for us to wake into who we truly are as sons and daughters. He's come to heal our souls. He's come to heal us physically because he cares about every single issue in our life. So let's talk about this for a minute. There's four levels of friendship. Level one is this, acquaintances. Acquaintances. These are people you see on a regular basis. You know their names and a bit about their lives. You share small talk with them about the weather or what team won the game last night, which wasn't the Lions again. I got to just stop talking about the Lions. I'm depressed already. Pete, you want to finish preaching? I'm just kidding. A good example of this could be maybe your local barista. You know, you go to Starbucks or Big B's or a place and you actually may know their name. They know your name. You ever walked into a place and they're like, oh, You want the, and they name off the exact order that you normally order, and you're like, wow, that feels pretty good. Maybe it's a local restaurant, you know, a place that you go into, you ask for your favorite waiter or waitress, uh, just because you have this rapport, and you can talk to them. Small talk, shallow talk, so you know their name, you know, little things about them, but you wouldn't necessarily invite them to the family barbecue, right? Because it's just an acquaintance. It's someone that you know. And I believe that this level is very important. Because there's some people that are so shut down, they won't even allow acquaintances into their life. They've been hurt so much, they're like, nope, done. 
But here's the thing. Remember the calloused hands and soft heart? As we progress level one, two, three, and four, you're going to see it starts with the hand and it slowly moves up to where it hits the heart. And it's a really special place. We need to protect that. But I believe all of us can have friendships that are merely acquaintances. That means that you're open. You have an ear to hear. Maybe they go through a struggle. Maybe they open up. And what you'll find is there's certain people. Think about this. Every relationship starts as an acquaintance. I mean, Pete's my best friend. But that started as an acquaintance. A little bit of an annoyance. I'm just kidding. He told me, dude, you were so annoying all the time. But... You know, we went these different levels and began to trust each other. And I eventually, he's one that I've given my heart to. My wife is one I've given my heart to. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's important to have those, but you can't give it to everybody. You have to trust them, right? So this idea of acquaintance is level one. It's so important because anybody can be an acquaintance. Number two, level two, amigos. I had to make these all A's. So acquaintance, amigos. We could say buddies. These are friends you play with. They're always up for a night out on the town, going to the movies or playing softball. Maybe, you know, some of these local bars, they'll have, they'll put the sand out, do, do beach volleyball. And so you join the team and you're on the team together. You just play together. You have a good time together. It's a, a group of mutual friends and their families who get together often for social events. How many have friends like that? Like they're more than an acquaintance. They're at level two now. We, we hit social events. We, we do things together. However, you rarely have real serious discussions about the happenings in the news or politics or religion or even spirituality or major life events because they're not quite an acquaintance. They are an amigo and a friend, but we're not going to discuss anything past just having fun. This level of friend is strictly for having fun or socializing. So two levels so far. Acquaintance. You may be first name basis, you know a little bit about them, but it's kind of shallow. You wouldn't even necessarily socialize and have a fun time with them. That would be what? Amigos or your buddies. That's level two. And many of us have those, right? Number three. Now, as you see, as we go up this level, it gets a lot more serious. Level three is advisors. Advisors. These are those confidants in your life, people who you trust. This level of friendship is one you turn to for advice. You trust their input and you value their opinions. They may be more educated and well-read than your level two friends. Uh, a lot of times they'll stay abreast of the current events. And I would say this on a spiritual side, as a follower of Christ, those that I consider advisors are people who really have a good grasp of father's heart. They understand who God is and what he's about. They have that, that Jesus lens, if you will, in life. How many know that Jesus came to reveal the heart of the father? And even when you read Old Testament scripture, you always have to go through the lens of Jesus to have an understanding because Jesus came to show us who God really was. I believe the book of Hebrews says that Jesus was the exact representation or likeness of God. So if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. It really helps. Because when you, when you hear people say things about God and it comes off angry and retributive and he's trying to get you back and he doesn't really like you and it depends, he'll love you one day and, and not the next. By the way, conditional love is not love, right? Love is unconditional. That's all it is. But you start to look through this lens of Jesus and you're like, Jesus wasn't like that. Hmm. You don't have to tell people off, just say, yeah, I don't think that's right. Because Jesus came to show us who the father really was. 
But these advisors in your life should be people on a spiritual level that get the heart of the Father. They're, they're always giving you advice that, that's surrounded with that Jesus lens. You know, how, how we see God, how we see people, how we see the scripture comes through that lens. And these are people that you're comfortable with bouncing any idea off them without fear of being laughed at. Now, there's certain things you might, I got this great idea. I think I'm going to. Man, sometimes if you say that to level one or two, you'll get laughed at. Remember Joseph in the Bible? Yeah. He, he told his dreams to his brothers, ended up in a well, and then sold into slavery. <laughs> I mean, it, it's important who you tell your dreams and your goals and your desires to. Can I get an amen? It's important. So level one is acquaintances. What's level two? Amigos. Level three? Advisors. I was thinking about this idea of advisors, though. You have to be really honest with yourself when you pick friends for the level three. There were often times, as I look back over my life, that I would surround myself with certain people, put them as advisors in level three, because they would tell me what I wanted to hear. I wanted to go a certain way. I, I wanted to do something a certain way, and I knew that they would agree. I knew that they would say, yeah, yeah, good idea. But maybe they didn't have the, the best idea of what would be the best for my life. But you surround yourself, if you're not careful, with people who just say yes or agree with you because you want to do it. And if you get some backup, you feel okay about it. But you know, when I made those decisions, a lot of times, man, it just went down a dead-end road. It messed me up. So when you pick advisors level three, you have to be really honest with yourself. You want to find someone who, they're not mean-spirited, but they speak the truth in love. Does that make sense? And so they'll advise you of something. I've had people who advise me and it's like, mm, I don't want to hear this right now. But because I knew their heart for me, I listened. And I might have to walk away. I might have to, let me think on this. Dude, no, I get it. No, look, shut up. I get it. But I have to walk away. I have to pray. I have to think on that. And then come back and say, thank you for being honest with me. Thank you for having my best interest in mind. You see how important it is to not just plug into a community, but to actually develop relationship and friendships. You see how important it is to understand those levels of relationship and friendship without an us and them mentality, but making the best decision for yourself, for your soul, for your growth in life, for your maturity. And so some people are acquaintances. Some people are amigos. Let's socialize and have a good time together. And those might grow into the advisory friendship relationships. They all grow from somewhere. But that brings us to number four. This is the most important level of all when it comes to opening up your heart. Because you know, we've traveled from the hands a little bit up the arm, but now we're right at the heart, baby. This is where we are. And this is level four. And that's accountability. How many know accountability is necessary? It's needed. When Pastor Jake was here uh, last uh, fall, man, I can't believe it's been a year already. When he was here last fall, he's actually writing a book called Grace Cuss Words. And so, well, let me explain. So sometimes, you know, when you discover the grace of God and his goodness, there's certain words that almost become cuss words, like faithfulness, right? If you've been in a church where faithfulness was, was cloaked in control, Manipulation, right? When you hear faithfulness, you're like, uh-huh, where are we going with this? Aren't you faithful, brother? Oh, uh-huh. But let me ask you a question. Is it legalistic for me to desire to be faithful to my wife? Mm -mm. 
She's agreeing with that. Is it wrong of her to desire to be faithful to me? See the difference? There's no control. There's no manipulation there. So faithfulness could be seen as a grace cuss word, or we can see it for what it truly is. I mean, look at God's example. Even when we're faithless, he is faithful. Wow. That's huge. And he set the example. But this word accountability can be the same way. It's like, what do you mean accountability? Uh Uh-oh. Because sometimes accountability has been used to manipulate and control people. I'm just being honest with you. I've been in church for a long time. I left church for several years because of dealing with things like this. Because just the, the way that people were, and I just had to get away. I'm being honest with you. But accountability is a great thing to have. So level four is accountability. It's very private. It's up close. It's personal. These are your intimate friends. These are friends that you're very close with, that you have the deepest relationship with. You would consider this person to be your best friend. Now, if you're married here today, I would hope that your spouse falls into this level. And I know a lot of you are like, yeah, they're my best friend. Now, no condemnation. Some of you are like, oh my God, I can't stand that person. (laughs) I'm being real, right? But I do believe that God can work on both your hearts. One thing I've learned in marriage is uh, a good marriage or working on your marriage isn't working on the other person. It's working on yourself. I got an amen from Ruby. That was good. (laughs) I respect her opinion. But you know, it's working on yourself. It's saying, wow, Holy Spirit, I don't like when I act out like that. And that's not who you created me to be. So thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and I can answer differently. I can treat them differently in this process. And what I find is when two people work on themselves, they grow closer together. It's awesome. But too many times in marriage, like, you know, you, you, you counsel someone, they come in and they're like, okay, this is what he needs to clean up and do. And you're like, uh-oh, we're already starting off on the wrong foot here. So accountability is important. Your spouse should be your best friend. If they aren't, then just thank God every day. My spouse is my best friend. My spouse is my best friend. I mean, however you got to say it. You know what? I hear testimonies of people who thought their marriage would not last two, three years. And they're like, it's going to be over. But now they're best friends. There's hope. That's what I'm trying to say. So your spouse, I believe, should be your best friend. You should trust them with your heart. And if you can't yet, then work towards that goal. Amen? But best friends are important. And we've got to understand what that means because, you know, for some of us, you may only find one or two best friends in your whole life. People that, let me put it this way, they get you. There's no judgment. That's the thing about it. Accountability can go without judgment, but that doesn't mean that we don't speak the truth in love. Does that make sense? So it's someone you can trust with your heart. You can tell them anything. I can tell my wife anything. And she doesn't look at me as less than a person. That's huge. I can talk to Pete about everything. Man, Pete knows all my dirty laundry. This dude could bring me down, man. (laughs) But I trust him with my heart. He won't expose me. But he'll speak the truth in love. We've had those times, haven't we, Pete? With each other. We just talk back and forth like, bro, I see this, man. And you know I love you, right? I just love when, that, when the statement starts out like that. You know I love you, right? You're like, oh my God, what's coming now? <laughs> Bring it on. 
but it's good. We have to have friends like that. But how many know an acquaintance shouldn't be an accountability person? Even some advisors can't be accountability. There's, I have a lot, of more, a lot more advisors. I have two best friends in my life, but I have many advisors. People who I can trust, who mentor me, who I open my heart to to a certain point, but maybe not the inner, inner place. Does that make sense? And so you see how these levels play out? And so as we, we look at this today, if we were to evaluate our friendships today, think about those who are closest to you. Think about the people that are acquaintances in your life. Are there any that maybe need to be reprioritized or perhaps maybe some of you say, I just need good friends. But as you think about those, those relationships and those friendships, maybe this morning is a time to go, wow, I need to reprioritize my relationship with others. Maybe there's someone at work and you thought, wow, I've made them an advisor in my life and really they're just an amigo. They're not giving me the best advice. Now, the thing you don't want to do is go into work and say, hey, listen, um, you know, I had you at a level three, but I'm going to have to drop you down a notch. You'll be like, what the are you talking about? So this is something in your heart that you're determining, right? This person is a person that maybe it's not advantageous to my growth and my maturity to have them as an advisor in my life. So maybe they're just someone like an amigo or maybe even an acquaintance. I'm telling you, there are some people that are so broken and so toxic that you have to draw boundaries. Do you hear my heart this morning? Some of you know who I'm talking about. This isn't putting anyone down. It's not about us and them. But for you, for your health, for your soul, you have to draw a boundary. Forgive, let go, love from afar, let someone else deal with that. Maybe someone else is the answer they need to their life, but they're so toxic that you got to go, boundaries. And again, you don't have to tell them, I just drew a boundary, get back. <laughs> unless it's like, unless it's crazy, okay? I don't want to take a light. I mean, you might have to get a restraining order and get, no, I'm being serious here. I don't want us to be like, oh, we're just Christians, so people can just kick our butts all around. It's okay. No, 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 no. If someone's abusing you, do what you got to do to get out of the relationship. Okay? It's important. Right? Which people in your life really mean something to you? People that speak into your life. Have you thought about how the people closest to you, the ones with whom you spend the most time with, influence you? You ever found yourself say some, saying something or doing something like, why did they do that? And then you realize, oh, so-and-so does it all the time, right? It doesn't mean so-and-so is, is a step below you or worse than you, but maybe for you, that relationship where they are in the levels is not working for you to go and move ahead and grow and mature. Does that make sense? I really want us to get this this morning. We're not putting people down. No, I don't believe any one person's better than another. Just some people are more broken than others. Now, for some of us, we can stay in that relationship and help through the love of God to restore brokenness in their soul. But for some of us, you have to know and be honest with yourself when you need to get out. It's not about being better than someone else. It's about making better choices in friendship for yourself. Say this. Say, I love myself. I care about my soul. And so do you, Jesus.
I want to wrap up with this final scripture in Proverbs 17, 17. Eugene Peterson puts it like this in the message. He says, friends love through all kinds of weather. This is beautiful. A lot of times you can know who are your true friends by when you go through a storm. What is the reaction? Is the reaction like, where'd they go? Where'd they go? Right? Or are they right there next to you? Nurturing, mentoring, helping, encouraging. A lot of times storms will give us an idea of where our friendship lies with certain people. So he says, friends love through all kinds of weather and families stick together in all kinds of trouble. Thank God for good friends who have our best interest in mind. Maybe sometimes it's just the appreciation, like realizing, wow, that person actually should be a level three, not level two, and I really appreciate them in my life. And you know what? Sometimes it's good to just say that with your mouth. I appreciate you. Thank you for speaking into my life. That gives them a doorway and opening to say, oh, then I can continue doing that? Absolutely. In love? Absolutely. Keep speaking into my life. Maybe there's some here today that are struggling with allowing anyone in because of the hurts and the pain that we've experienced through relationships. Let's give that to God today. Because I do believe that some of us, we've shut ourselves down from relationship, from friendship. We said, you know what, it's easier to just come to church, give them a hallelujah and a praise the Lord, and then go home, go to work, just smile and wave, smile and wave, and then go back home because I've been too hurt, because I've allowed people in my heart that I shouldn't have. So maybe this morning for you, it's a, a place to release and to forgive. Can we bow our heads for just a moment? Let's pray together. We don't bow our heads and close our eyes because that's what God expects or in some religious way. It's just a way for us to focus, just to center, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Father, I just pray for every person here this morning. I pray for those who maybe have been so hurt and so broken in relationship, taken advantage of, betrayed, abused, to the point where they just cannot open up. Their heart has been calloused. It has been closed off. I just pray for your grace and your love to just work through their soul to start to soften, for them to learn how to trust you because you do have our best interest in mind. You love us. You don't do anything to manipulate or force or control to make us do your will. It's your love, it's your kindness, it's your goodness that draws us to changing our mind about you and about ourselves and others. If you're here this morning and maybe you've struggled with this idea of just letting go, just say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. I trust you. And today, by an act of my will, I choose to say, heart, be free. Heart, be free. Be open. Heart, be healed. Now, if there's any person in your life that you feel has done something wrong and you've been holding on to that, I want you right now to release that. Say, I release that. I release that person in Jesus' name. They can go free, which in turn means I can go free. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing.
thank you that you're healing souls this morning. We're starting to see ourselves differently. We're releasing people who have harmed us or hurt us. And we're opening up to the point where we can start once again to have open relationship with people. We start with acquaintances and then we move into some amigos and some buddies and then eventually we find some really good advisors in our life. And maybe, just maybe, we'll find that best friend, that accountability whom we can trust our heart with again. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.